1: What up? What up? What up? Welcome into another episode of Green with Envy Quick Hits. I am today's host, Greg Minakis, joined as always by
2: the man, the myth, the legend, Adam Taylor. How you doing, Adam? Yo, what's good, man? What's going on? We got some, um, we got some Celtics news to talk about. Fresh news. We got
1: fresh news, and we are ten days away from training camp. If, uh, if my Adam Taylor Celtics blog article is serving me right. The Celtics are less than two weeks away from training camp, and we just added the fifteenth man to the roster. But I would potentially, potentially I would be hard pressed to say that Stevens is going to be that far down in the rotation. I really like this kid, Lamar Stevens. The Celtics reportedly have signed Lamar Stevens, a uh, former Cleveland Cavalier wing. I would probably classify him as a wing right now um, to their team. To fill out their roster we do as you said in your article on celtics blog still have three um partially guaranteed deals right so there is still a chance for those of you that were hoping for somebody else to get added to the roster other than lamar stevens that by the end of the season we could do that there's always flexibility for a trade but right now we're here to talk about lamar stevens and adam um we quickly were kind of bantering back and forth about what this kid brings to the team you referred to him as a toothless dog Explain. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, it's true, though, right? I mean, okay, it's for context, I said, man, I'm not really sure on this. Greg come back like, but the guy's a dog on defense, D-A-W-G, he's a dog. And I'm like, yeah, but he's a toothless dog, right? Because when you look at his offensive numbers, 61% around the rim doesn't even put him in the 50th percentile in his position in the, across the league. Um, I did have it in my article. I think it's like, Thirty-three percent from deep doesn't even put him in the top forty percentile for his position in the league, and then 13 i am doing this from memory—thirty-nine percent from uh mid-range puts him again below the fiftieth percentile for his position across the NBA. So if you scroll down, we'll see. Um, I think it's the fourth paragraph, the third one right there. So did I get that right? Uh. Fr- yep 61 39 33 come on man that was all from memory i think that's pretty good give me some props that's pretty Uh, good
1: i'll give you some snaps baby
2: yeah baby i'm i'm not against bringing in lamar stevens as you said he he does bring that dog he does bring that defensive grit that you've kind of lost with marcus smart and grant williams but he's another non-shooting wing you have a Jordan Walsh might have shown some upside as a three-point shooter during Summer League. But if you're buying in Summer League stock and re- expecting that to translate over straight away, then I don't know what to tell you. You're going to be a little bit sad. So this is like another non-shooting wing. And then, you know, Delano Banton might be listed as a guard, but he's got the size of a wing. He can't shoot either. And you know how I feel about single, like one-sided guys, single skill guys. I'm not really high on them overall it's nothing against any one of these individually i just prefer guys to have two or three skills in, under there like both
1: gone are the days of the nba specialist right it's not the early 2000s i still remember being a kid going to dana barrows basketball camp and for him telling everybody in the camp find one thing to be great at so that the coach can at least say there's a known quantity known commodity with this person doing x y or z And it's just not the way the NBA works anymore. If you can't do dribble, pass, shoot, play defense, if you can't do all of those things, eventually there's going to be a game, there's going to be a series in which you're unplayable. And we see that oftentimes with guys that you think could play four series. And then by the end of the playoffs, like in the the playoffs last, like two years ago, Derek White was one of those guys. When we got to the finals and we were just like, man, Derek White, his shot kind of abandoned him, and the fact that Derek White's shot abandoned him made it tough to play in the in the in the NBA Finals. And he kind of just lost all confidence after having a great Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat. But Lamar Stevens is one of those guys that could be a good eighty-two game player, and that's kind of the way that I look at him um, as you know as a depth piece with this roster. As you said, he is a dog. I said as we were going back and forth in our private messages, we need a guy that will like look you in the face and be like, "I'm gonna fuck you up." Right, If you keep p- playing that shit, I'm going to fuck you up. We need an enforcer on this team. And Lamar Stevens is one of those guys. Anytime he played the Cavs, I was always happy when they didn't have him on the court because he really guarded Jalen Brown well. He guarded Jason Tatum well. And I always felt like he was one play away from like getting in a fight or getting somebody hurt. And I think the Celtics needed that on the roster. So I- I'm actually pretty happy with this signing.
2: Yeah, I like the positional versatility that he brings. So I've pulled up the numbers here, just the percentages of minutes spent at each position in his career. So 8% of his minutes have come at the 2. 52% of his minutes have come at the 3. 38% of his minutes at the 4. 2% of his minutes at the 5. Okay, only 2% of his minutes at the 5. He's 6'6". Six, six, you don't really want to be running a 6'6 guy at the 5 anyway. But being able to slide 2 through 4, and being able to guard though across that range gives you positional versatility to have options within that rotation, right? You don't need, you're not pigeonholed to being, oh, here's a two, we need to play him at the two, and there's X, Y, and Z in front of him in the rotation. Same with at the three, same with at the four. Now there's three opportunities where he can be slotted in and make an impact. And as you said, you do need that enforcer type of guy. You don't really worry. When it comes to this type of player, somebody that is just that grit and like that grit, defense punch him in the mouth before you punch us in the mouth make sure that if somebody's trying to hassle JT or JB you're the one that gets in the face and takes that tech instead you don't really worry about the offensive production cuz his value lies beneath that beneath what the, or above depending on how you value it, it lies outside of the box score is the best way to say it. uh i like the positional versatility i just as you said he's a good 82 game player i don't think he is somebody that will be a big contributor in the postseason, but I do think if you're playing like a Miami, he's the perfect guy you want. A lot of coaches you'll see now call it. Um, they call, it's not defensive, but d- defensive. Oh, it's gone out of my head as I was talking, man. Um, <laughs> I don't know where you... event, they call it defensive events. He's an event maker. He's somebody Ooh, that's going to like come that. onto the floor and create a defensive event, make something happen, and that could blow up actions. It could ruffle guys and when you're playing a team like miami that like to get under your skin that like to play you up tight and really grit and grind on you and weigh you down physically stevens is the type of guy you want to be able to call on along with reset as well could play that similar role
1: yeah i mean when you look at miami you think about the the big bad wolves in the east like jimmy butler has been the bully on the block and lamar stevens is someone that i would at least like to see just all right you know what we don't need tatum and brown covering jimmy butler tonight like why don't you go ahead and take that assignment right Derek white's too small you go ahead just give jimmy butler hell for five minutes and let's just see what happens see if you can at least take him out of a rhythm right there these guys as you said an event maker guys that can come in and just swing the game just based off of um just a different You know ingredient that you're adding to the recipe that's on the court and he's one of those guys the celtics like to play this free-flowing offensive-minded basketball and all the comments right now and i kind of want to transition into this and you mentioned about this in your article a little bit all of the comments coming out of um like pre-training camp and just all the postseason comments and all the guys that they've added seemingly the Celtics are going for a little bit more of that defensive identity this year like obviously Porzingis adds a lot on the offensive end but he's one hell of a rim protector and drop Um, him Rob Williams Al Horford down low the Celtics have a stout front line Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have already made comments about wanting to get back um, to the basics on defense and then you bring in a guy like Stevens you bring in a guy like Banton uh, drafting Jordan Walsh all these guys that could make their mark on the defensive end. And um, I just want to kind of transition there and your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, so if you watch a lot of the Celtics games from last year, they pre-switched a lot and they peel-switched a bunch more. So that's when you're basically trying to create a a defensive advantage out of an offensive advantage. So you pre-switch, you peel off, you find better defensive matchups on that switch instead of just taking the switch and dealing with whatever you get. Everybody kind of redirects. There's some really good stuff. If you just Google peel switching, you'll get loads of examples. The Celtics didn't really have the personnel to do that. They, you know, you can peel switch Marcus Smart with Jalen Brown and feel quite comfortable. But then if a secondary switch happens and Derek White's guarding a four, well, you're kind of fucked. Do you know what I'm saying? You, like, they didn't really scram out of actions very much. Derek White, there was multiple times where White or you know Hauser a lot of the time were kind of on an island trying to guard up. Now they've brought in these guys. They've brought in Banton. They've brought in Brissett, Walsh, Stevens. At this point, you've got multiple guys that have size, have strength. They're all around that six-seven range. They're all quite physically like jacked. You know what I mean? They look strong. And now, when you peel switch with the, all this the, um, positional versatility, you're not really losing anything. You, everybody's a similar size, similar strength. As long as you can stay in front of your man and you can buddy him up, you're going to be really tough to break down. Same on normal switches. If you want to go zone, there's, again, it's a lot of long, lengthy guys with big wing spans that are really going to create, cause those defensive events to take place. And you're funneling guys into a Kristaps Porzingis Paul Zingas, or a Rob Williams. The pieces are there, right? Now it's just about whether Joe, how Joe Mazzula looks to implement a defensive scheme and how much of an impact Casal and Lee will have within that scheme, trying to elevate it back to where it was. Under Imai Udoka, I mean, that's probably the highlight of this team's defensive upside we've seen so far.
1: Yeah, and I think another thing just to consider with bringing in a guy like Stevens and having these other wings that are defensive-minded coming off the bench because who are they replacing? They're replacing Jalen Brown. They're replacing Jason Tatum when they get on the court, right? One of those guys is probably going to be sitting. Um, so you want to give those guys a break, right, to some degree. If if you just ask Jason Tatum for the all 82 games, ask Jalen Brown for all 82 games to like be top-tier defenders, That's a lot to ask because of what they have on the offensive end. You need to be able to give them a break from time to time. And I think that's why it's important to have a guy like Stevens that can come in and guard somebody, like I said, like Jimmy Butler for a few minutes here and there so that when it's, you know, nut crunch time, then you can say, okay, Jalen, now it's your turn. Tatum, now it's your turn. You said you wanted to be all defensive players. Well, do it in the biggest moments, you know, and then you're, you're gonna make the highlight plays and in the national TV games, that's where you can really out on the defensive end but you can't really ask him to do it for 82 that's a that's just a, a tall task um one other thing i want to touch on real quick adam there was a report about buddy healed and buddy healed has been reported to have asked out of indiana he doesn't really want to be there anymore they're exploring some trade options for him is there any interest from you who would be the complete opposite of all of the wings that we've brought in a buddy healed who doesn't play defense but can shoot the shit out of the ball
2: yeah, it's just another single-skill guy, right? It's just that single-skill is on the opposite side of the floor. Yeah, I mean, look, whenever some, whenever one of the best movement shooters in the NBA becomes available, contending teams kind of lift their heads up out of the sand to see what the market's going to look like. The question I've got for you, you go and try and acquire Buddy Heald. What happens to Sam Hauser then? Because that's Hauser's role right now, and Hauser's probably a little bit more reliable defensively from what we mm-hmm. saw last season. Is Hauser part of that deal? Are you then sending Hauser to team up with Neesmith that's most likely going to get re-signed in Indiana because he had a good year when he got a consistent run? Are you hey, going to be willing to do that?
1: If there's one thing I know about Indiana, it's they like guys that look like Sam Hauser. So uh, <laughs> I, I would imagine I would imagine he'll be in the deal. But to me, with Buddy Hill's contract, right, it would probably mean you're going to Malcolm Brogdon and saying yeah. hey man like are you happy here are you are you ready to commit because if you're ready to commit we're committed to you if you're really unhappy like we can explore you you were in indiana before you enjoyed your experience there they i'm sure they'd love to have you back that buddy healed wants to get out like this makes sense is that something you're interested in maybe right i mean i think Heald- you'll
2: still need hauser in there as a sweetener because there's a reason that they moved off brogdon as much as brogdon wanted to move as well now indiana are in this really good place where they've got a bunch of young talent they've got arguably one of the best passes in the nba in halliburton mm-hmm. they've got um benedict maferin i have to mm-hmm. pronounce that name correctly <laughs> who's just really fun to watch got tons of upside you know what i mean i'm missing names here as well I, I you know uh, nemhart
1: nemhart's Nem my guy they got miles in. turner they so uh like, drafted you, that kid the power forward uh jared yeah, walker um,
2: So, you know, there's a bunch of young upside there. Bringing in Brogdon to be that veteran makes a ton of sense. But at the same time, he's probably going to have a smaller role there because he doesn't fit what they're trying to do right now or he's going to get redirected. Yeah, I would say it's a
1: redirect if he gets moved back to Indiana. It's like a a temporary place that he feels comfortable, right?
2: Yeah, and it's just like there's no guarantee that's going to work out. There's no guarantee that Indiana are going to look at that and think this is the deal we need to make. They're trying to move off of one veteran.
1: Yeah. Because well in a,
2: in a vacuum
1: Adam who would you rather have for this for this year Brogden or Heald
2: Probably Brogden because where's your where's your secondary ball handling coming from if you move on from Brogden you right. already fill that roster spot by bringing Heald back
1: yeah i think it would just be more and more on jason tatum right and yeah and that, again, that was kind it's of
2: like defense though right like as mm-hmm. you're saying they need to take a break defensively tatum needs to take a break from initiating the offense that's why you have these other play initiators
1: it's a lot man and there was that i I think it was ramona shelburne shelburne reported that they expected jason tatum to play a lot more point guard um this year so if they are already asking Tatum to play a lot more point guard, and this is kind of the debate you and I were having the last time we got together, like do we do we expect Brogdon to be more on ball or off ball? And with Tatum, you know, Derek White not being like a true playmaker, Brogdon not being a true playmaker, they're like hybrid guards. Um, Tatum probably has the best feel in a pick and roll heavy offense, right? So it, it kind of just depends what the Celtics strat like overall strategy is on the offensive side of the court last year was a lot of five out. Um, but you know, sometimes the ball got sticky, even in five out, it turned in, it devolved very quickly and pick and roll is a a way to manufacture some easy buckets. Um, everyone kind of knows so many teams just run high pick and roll. Um, you can anticipate where the defense is going to be. Defense can also anticipate where the offense is going to be, but it creates an advantage, right? And Tatum, being six eight, has really good feel in the pick and roll, and he has the size to see over the defense. So we'll see. I think if I had to choose, I'd probably go healed just because he's more reliable on the injury side of things. And Brogdon's injury history, as you were so concerned about when we initially got him, um, scarce the shit out of me. Uh, and I, I've always liked Buddy Healed. I think it would be interesting to see, you know, Sam Hauser, but a proven Sam Hauser that we know can light up teams for 82 games from three-point range and be one of the best three-point shooters over a five-year stretch versus a five-minute stretch.
2: Yeah, so if they did that, I'd be down. But then you probably do have to go and look at an Austin Rivers wave, Mm -hmm. maybe wave Banton, take the 200K cap hit because he's guaranteed for 200K, goes up again in a few weeks, if I remember correctly. And then it goes up to a fully guaranteed deal on January 10th. So you'd probably want to get that. If you did get that deal over the line, you try and wave Delano Banton or whoever, you know, or Cornet or Zvi. Again, Zvi gives you pretty much what Heald gives you. Sure. I said it on Twitter earlier today. I keep forgetting his even on the goddamn roster. <laughs> you, you
1: reminded me when I saw you tweet that. I was like, oh, yeah, we did get Zvi.
2: So you've already got two guys that fill what Heald does. Maybe not to the level, but... You know, you don't need – like, Heald's not going to get the shot volume he gets in Indiana anyway on the Celtics. Mm-hmm. He's going to be that spot-up guy that's just your – I like to call them release valves, right? The pressure builds up on the ball handler. You've got a release valve waiting for a catch-and-shoot opportunity. Yeah, he's not but Buddy Heald's
1: a top-five shooter in the game. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah, No
2: doubt. No doubt, but to, if you do that, you have to wave another one of your wings mm-hmm. so you can go and bring in another veteran guard, and then you know you probably are looking at like an Austin Rivers type guy, maybe elevate Pritchard into Brogdon's role and then have mm-hmm. Rivers in the role that we're expecting Pritchard to play this year. But again, that's putting a lot of pressure on Pritchard didn't play much last year, was part of a finals rotation the year before coming into the season, expecting him to be the third guard in the rotation. Bam now you're the backup guard. And you're filling in for a guy that was six man of the year last year. Good luck, buddy. Tap on the back. Let's see how you handle this. You wanted that role. Now you got it. Um, I'd do it, though. I would, but I feel like there'd have to be another move with it. Otherwise, it just, the roster, right now, the roster looks balanced. It would quickly look a little bit uh, big and wing heavy compared to God.
1: Speaking of quick, this was a green with MV quick hit. So we're going to send you out here. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back this weekend. Adam and I will. Probably be talking about some stuff, looking ahead to training camp. So look for an episode drop on Monday. This will be up here on our YouTube and also on our pod feed. We miss you, Will. Every time I
0: get this high, I lose my mind. It
2: don't
1: take much no
2: more. Until I hit the
1: floor. Every time I get this high, it's you I find. It don't take much no more. You You cut me to my core, baby. What can I say? You got me on the floor, you know I came to play. I know I shouldn't, but you seem to take my pain away. And every time I score, Jason Tatum fade away. I close my eyes and I'm floating.